Hello, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael. And as always, the captain to my Tennille, the McCarthy to my Ringo, Aaron. How's it going, y'all? So, uh, going to do something a little bit different here to start out. You know, when uh, when Mike and I first started tossing around the idea for this show, I was kind of worried that, you know, no one would listen to it. But uh, there have been some really great people that offered to listen to us talk and gave us some really helpful advice along the way about the show. So I want to take a moment and say thank you to my lovely wife, Jen Place, and my amazing friends, Anna Schumacher, Beth Chandler-Campbell, and Brian Glynn. We owe you a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so today's topic is music. But let's start off with our fun segment of what's been keeping you sane this week. Okay, let's see. You know... I, I could just say that I was watching Castle Rock again, but I think at this point you, you've expected it. So what I have been watching is uh, I got this weird new streaming thing on my TV. Mm. Like it came up, it just says watch free, like when you're checking the inputs on, on what you want to use for your TV. So I click on it and it's this thing called Pluto TV and it's a ton of streaming services like a bunch of different channels. They have like a Kung Fu channel and there's video game channels, but they have a totally set up channel for nothing but MST3K and then another one that's set up completely for Rift Tracks, which prior to this, I'd never really watched Rift Tracks before. Mm. It's amazing. I love it. Like I'm hooked. They've been playing like, I'll say like the same 10 episodes. So they've added more as they've been going on, but Oh God, is it funny? Cause the references are more current. So it doesn't have that kind of like dated feel to it. So that's what I've been doing as far as TV goes. Movie wise, I watched Deadpool 2 last night. I loved it. I don't know if it was quite as good as the first one, but I didn't care cuz I loved it just as just as much, I guess. Right. I haven't really played any video games this week. Uh I've been going through kind of a dry spell. I mean, and, and music wise, I've just been using a ton of serious I knew had I knew we had the music episode coming up, so I kind of wanted to uh like, you know, get it, get stuff in from all angles and all different kinds of music. Mm-hmm. But what about you, man? What do you, uh, what's on your radar? Well, for music, for me, I've been hitting Spotify, found a couple of playlists for, that's all retro new wave pop. It's really, okay. it's really cool. It's like you got the modern synth setting with the pop vocals that will remind you of the early 80s. You know, I don't know, like you listen to a bit more, indie alternative than i do like and you're a bit more current with your with your musical taste than i am have you noticed that uh a lot of the the newer like i mean i can only judge it by saying like the alt nation stuff mm. from sirius have you noticed that that has a like it all sounds kind of 80s yeah now? like the like the like the trend is to sound the more 80s like it makes me kind of curious it's like the next decade is it going to be is it going to have more of a 90s sound Probably like are we going to have something that yeah, like, is it going to have, are we going to have another run of rock music that has sort of a grunge feel to it? Maybe not like grunge, obviously, because that, that trend is, is gone. But like, I wonder if it'll be, I wonder if it'll be like the big influence for the I next decade. It has a lot to do with the affordability of synthesizers and synthesizing software now. It's, okay. Uh, you can get those programs pretty cheap. And to run it, you just need a laptop. So that's why we're right. getting those sounds now of um, 
the synthesized sounds. Okay. Like you, yeah, you that would make sense. Like you don't even really need a full band now. No. I mean, obviously, most most people seem like they still want one, but I mean, like bands like Churches. Yeah. It's a synthesizer, a keyboard, and vocals, and you you basically can create any sound you want. Right. I yeah, I like it. I don't I don't know a whole lot about it, but uh, like the stuff that I've been kind of dipping my toes into, I like. Okay, so this week's hot take. It's more to show what type of geeks me and Aaron are and <laughs> a part of our lives that we will talk about in the future. And it has to deal with wrestling. Oh so, All right. So, so this past week was SummerSlam. That's, yep. a, that's a wrestling event put on by the WWE and is considered one of the biggest events yearly for the organization. This take is for Aaron is less about wrestling as a whole and more about the failure of storytelling. <laughs> so Aaron, would you briefly describe the story of Becky Lynch and talk about the direction the storyline has taken? Oh goodness. Okay, so Becky Lynch is is obviously a women's wrestler in the WWE. She was brought up with two or three other people around the same time from you know, and introduced to the we call it the main roster. It's your shows that are on TV every week. She was a champ for a while and then out of nowhere she kind of started just losing consistently like every week she was losing you know for whatever reason recently i would say within the last what would you say like month and a half about two months two months she's been winning again which is usually it usually indicates that like the you know the people in the back office that 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 run the show and and make up the storylines have taken notice of her again or whoever would be in that spot so she starts winning again and they set her up at SummerSlam. She's going to have a title match against the women's champion. And and for fans of Becky Lynch, this was kind of a, I, I don't want to say full circle because it's a stupid term, but it, yeah. it, that's kind of what it was. It was cathartic. Yeah, yeah. like it, it felt good. You were like, okay, you know, you stick with the underdog and now she's got that title shot and you're, you, you want her to... You want her to win because you, you identify with her as a character. And that as... For a wrestler, that's what you're supposed to be able to do. You're supposed to be able to get your audience to relate to you in some way, you know, whether it be like, you know, you're down on your luck and they know what it's like to be down on their luck and so on and so on. So I would say probably, was it about two weeks prior to SummerSlam Mm -hmm. that they introduced Charlotte Flair, who is another women's wrestler, obviously, and who, you know, in real life is you know, they're friends with Becky Lynch and on in the on the show was also portrayed as friends with with Becky Lynch. So she gets she gets a chance to be added to this match. And you can tell Becky Lynch isn't really excited about the idea of not getting a one on one match. But Charlotte has to beat Carmella, the women's champion, to be added to the to the match at SummerSlam, making it uh, a triple threat match instead of a one on one. Of course, Charlotte wins the match and she gets added. So there's already tension that they're kind of building up that's going to happen between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Like, I remember you messaging me and saying, like, oh, they're going to they're going to turn her into a bad guy. So the SummerSlam match comes up and they've been teasing that there's, you know, dissension between the two of them. Now, mind you, the way the story is being written you're supposed to cheer for Charlotte Flair and not cheer for Becky Lynch. You're, you're supposed to view her as the like the impending doom bad guy. 
Well, the crowd doesn't want to do that. Wrestling crowds are not as easily led anymore. And, and Becky Lynch is incredibly popular. The fans love her. And it, it covers all age brackets. Older fans love her. Younger fans love her. Like, it's just, it's a, it was an organic growth. Like, the crowd got behind her. So, at SummerSlam, Charlotte Flair wins the match and becomes the women's champion, basically, you know, taking the title, you know, out of Becky Lynch's grasp. You know, she, she, she didn't get her one-on-one match, so she didn't, she didn't win. And at the end of it, as, as Charlotte Flair is celebrating, Becky Lynch just turns on her and, and just mauls the shit out of her. Now, in most circumstances, the crowd would, would, would boo her for doing it. And in this case, they, they did not, they cheered louder. And the more of a beating she put on Charlotte Flair, the, the more they, they cheered. It was, I think stuff like that is cool to watch because that that's the kind of stuff that you can't necessarily predict is going to happen. Even though anybody watching over the last month would have told you that's exactly what was going to happen. But the real bad bit of storytelling came on now SummerSlam is on a Sunday uh, you have Monday Night Raw, obviously, on Monday and SmackDown on Tuesday. Becky Lynch and Charlotte are on SmackDown. So on Tuesday, Becky Lynch comes out and the crowd is just cheering for her. They, they love her. You know, they don't care that she beat up Charlotte Flair. Now, the good st- storytelling portion of that would have been to say, OK, we have to act on the fly and we're going to flip it. We'll make Charlotte the bad guy and we'll make Becky Lynch the good guy. And it's just how you should do it. Well, they didn't do it that way. And they had her go out there and basically shit on the crowd and claim that mind you, this is while they're fucking cheering (laughs) at the tops of their lungs. Yeah. Yeah. Chanting her name. She has to tell them, well, you guys were never behind me and you never, you know, you never supported me while I was, while I was losing and you didn't support me, you know, leading up to it, which anybody that watches it would, you would scratch your head and say, what like obviously there's a whole room full of people that are you know cheering it so that's the that's like the overview that they made her go out there and do this horrible thing i guess my hot take would be that i fucking hated it um she's a she's a fantastic performer like not even just a wrestler she's a fantastic performer and it's not i mean you and i've been watching wrestling for i don't know a long ass time and you don't you don't necessarily always get over with the crowd that easily. You know, they they loved her. For the writers in the back to basically say, we're going to ignore the fact that the crowd loves her and doesn't want to cheer for Charlotte. They want to boo Charlotte and they want to cheer for Becky Lynch. We're going to ignore it and we're going to keep doubling down on this, which has me worried that she's going to get stale because the crowd isn't going to be supportive of it they're not going to just all of a sudden you know start booing her obviously so i i I don't know like sometimes this can be the like the 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 coffin nail Mm -hmm. to a person's career like if they kill the crowd and the crowd forgets about her and moves on to something else it is hard to get that back Mm -hmm. and uh it's uh yeah it's it's you know it's not all that dissimilar to kind of what they were doing when daniel bryan was 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 running to, for the title and it's just it's it's kind of sad to see like you see somebody that's very talented you see somebody that connects with an audience and then you see the people that are kind of leading them as to what they're supposed to be doing you see them kind of doing them dirty i guess you know it's just it's very 
it's just very oblivious to your audience would be would be what how I would describe it like they just obviously don't they they think they're smarter and that's fine they're they you know they they run a multi-billion dollar company obviously they they've got to be doing something right but they they think they're smarter than their audience and you know i would say 75 or 80% of the time they are smarter than their audience but when they get it wrong holy shit do they get it wrong so yeah i guess that's my hot take on it like i don't like it like i really hope I really hope that somewhere within the next week or two, they change their minds and do it, do it differently. Mm-hmm. Becky deserves better. Becky Balboa got robbed. Hashtag give Becky a chance. Hashtag give Becky a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was our first hashtag on here, wasn't it? Right. <laughs> oh boy. All right. <laughs> We're in it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this week's topic is music music Mm. music man what can we say about music that music itself doesn't already say every human emotion is represented in music the power inherent within the structure of music touching every cornerstone of culture from ancient societies onwards music has played a role in explaining exploring humanity the art form of music takes facets of many styles of art I personally can't listen to music without seeing the poetry within. Poetry can be found obviously in lyrical content, but it goes much deeper. The very music itself, the notes, the sounds, the vibrations of air that reach out to our eardrums is poetry. The sounds meld together to create a flow, be it beautiful, painful, or dissonant, or nonsensical. The goal of these sounds is to become together to invoke an emotional response. I like that. That's, uh, you know, it's not an easy thing to, it's not an easy thing to put into words sometimes, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, my mom and dad always, uh, not so much my dad, but my mom always had the radio on. So I always had it around me when we were in the car. I don't particularly recall my parents listening to a lot of music around the house. Hmm. I don't know. It was always kind of an escape for me, even when, even like, I don't want to say escape as in like, you know, when bad shit was going on. I mean, just in general, like. I, I I recall distinctly when I was little, like my parents had one of those, like, you know, those like 1960s, 1970s giant fucking radios, like the <laughs> ones that look like the ones that look like buffets right. and you would lift the top and it had like a record player and an eight track and all mm-hmm. that other bullshit in there. I would put the radio on and my dad had figured out how to run the cable into the radio. So we got like any radio station. Right. So I would put on like, I don't know, it was like, it was probably like Z100 or some shit like that out of the city. And uh, like, I remember around the holidays, the the Christmas tree and the radio were always like right next to each other. So I would wedge myself in between the radio and underneath the Christmas tree. And I would just stare up at the lights and listen to the radio. Like, and it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't because there was bad things going on. Like I would just go in there and I would just, I would just think you know, about whatever little kid Aaron wanted to think about. And, uh, and, and as I got older, the, the escape become, you know, the escape became different. Like you, you start to associate music with good things that happened in your life or obviously sometimes sad things that happen in your life. You, I would associate it with specific people. Like, I don't think it's anything different than, than anybody else really does with music. It was my way to kind of just get away and, zone out even when i was a kid Mm -hmm. 
Now, music is unique in that it's both a personal and community ex experience in an art form. We go to concerts and performances experience music as a group. You've gone to a ton more concerts than I have. Probably mm -hmm. 20 more than me, if not more. <laughs> what was your first? Because I was thinking about that today, and I don't, I, don't, I don't even know if I know the answer to that question. Technically, the first would be... I didn't even go to like any classical music performances or anything. The only the first concert I went to was Guster at the Chance. Really? That was your first show? Like your first yep. like pe bought a ticket to see a show show? Yeah. Jesus, man, you were like, you were older then. Yeah, I was like 19. At least. Yeah. You drove, so you had to have been at least drive at age. I remember <laughs> that. It was a great show. I didn't know that was your first concert. I knew it was your first Guster concert. I've gone to musical theater before that, but no. Yeah, but I mean, I'm in, I'm thinking in terms of like like I've been to plenty of classical shows that I went to before I'm before I went to concerts where I you know was going to see a band I wanted to see. Like those are almost in like a category by themselves. Hmm. So damn, that was your first show. That's awesome. I am uh, I am honored to have been <laughs> the one to take you to your first concert, man. That's that's fucking cool. But for the record, I've oh. my. No, go ahead. What I was gonna say, I've only been to Guster concerts and one, uh, one with my wife, the one band that sings Pompeii. <laughs> oh yeah, Bastille. Thank no, you. you went to that. Uh, you went to um, ah, the guy from Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh yeah, I did go to that. You went to that show in the city. Yeah, you it. fell asleep because you work nights. <laughs> How was that show? I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember clapping and singing along to a song. Of yeah, you wake up just enough to be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he played that song, I know. I'm going back to sleep, man. I'm going to completely date myself here. My first concert concert was Def Leppard and Ugly Kid Joe. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got to be honest, like as far as first concerts go, I still look back on it fondly. Like it wasn't one of those things where like I saw new kids on the block or something and you feel really goofy <laughs> that you did it total fucking you know post hair metal show yeah i didn't care it was great <laughs> it was a lot of fun i was hooked i went to tons of kind went to any concert i could go to after that hmm. do you have one that's your favorite in your long lineage of concert oh i don't know man i've seen a lot of really good ones um the last time i went to see metallica which wasn't even that long ago was a fucking fantastic show but a lot of that hinged on the fact that i knew somebody that worked at the stadium and we bumped into each other and he got me like i I went from being like it was at uh where do the jets play uh Meadowland? no not Meadowlands anymore it's called no it's uh is yeah, it MetLife yeah. stadium yeah, so it was there, and I was at the very top, like so far up that when the planes were coming in to land, like <laughs> blowing off, you felt like you were too close. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you could reach out and touch him. But, but I, I saw my friend, and he brought me all the way down into like the one hundreds yeah. in a section that had nobody else in it really, except for like a couple other people that had also been brought down because there was these extra tickets. So, I mean, that one stands out as fantastic. I got to see Pantera, you know, obviously before Dimebag Daryl died. So that was really cool. But again, I was like, you know, 17, 16 or 17. So shows like that are like, you know, you're kind of young and full of testosterone and aggressive. And that's exactly what you need to go see with it. Man, I don't know. I've seen a lot of bands. Like I'm, I'm, it's funny because I'm kind of drawing a blank now on all the fucking shows that I've been to. 
I mean, I could easily tell you my I was worst. Say, if it'd be easier, tell me your worst. It probably is easier to tell you my worst. My worst was thirty seconds to Mars. <laughs> they were fucking terrible. He had the flu or whatever, whatever douchebags get <laughs> because that's what he is. And he had the crowd do, I will say, ninety-five percent of the singing. I did not. I did not brave a snowstorm and spend like forty bucks a ticket to listen to a crowd full of people sing songs like they they like i didn't recognize half the songs they were playing and i even the ones i knew like he was just so awful and there was this it's a funny story there was this spot at the end of the show where he's trying to get people up and into the show and it's like kind of the ending of the of the whole show he goes he's pointing out people in the audience like i see you this guy i see you over here get up and then all of a sudden out of nowhere like the light turns and I, I noticed it got really bright all of a sudden. And he says, I see you guy in a social distortion t-shirt, get up. And I looked down and I was like, I do have that on, don't I? And then I looked up at like where he was and he was looking at me and I was just kind of like, I'm not getting up. Like, I really don't, I really hope the show isn't hinging on whether or not I stand right now. Cause y'all are going to go home disappointed. So even that, even that couldn't save it for me. I saw a lot of cool cover bands like I don't know those are like those are like club shows and you don't think of cover bands necessarily as like going to a concert but I saw there was this band called the Soft Parade they were a Doors cover band and the lead singer looked like just like Jim Morrison I saw them a bunch of times uh I saw The Machine which was a Pink Floyd cover band they were fucking great There's a Led Zeppelin one touring around me I bet you'd love to see them mm. Is it Hindenburg <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i don't like led zeppelin anyway and i never saw hindenburg so <laughs> they they played at the they played at the same club that those other bands played at too and i was just kind of like nope so you talked about remembering the radio in your living room listening to the music there do you remember your first steps in the musical independence you mean like first albums i bought or first songs that i kind of heard on my own and really when you first started developing a taste music because you know a lot of people's music tastes are first developed through their parents yeah i always like my mom listened to a lot of uh like 70s am radio so all that kind of like weird singer songwriter stuff so i got raised on a steady diet of like gordon lightfoot and like all that weirdo shit like you know the kind of stuff that you hear the song and you're like oh yeah i know that song but it was also the 80s so i had i had you know i had a lot of 80s music in there too like it's not that my mom listened to them with any regularity but the radio played a lot of spandau ballet and i still love that fucking song because i heard it so much as a kid i was i was a little older before i i started getting my own taste like I don't know if I had hit double digits, but I was at least, you know, hovering around the area before uh, before I kind of started picking stuff out on my own. Like my first album that I bought with my own money was Living Colors mm. Vivid. And I still I don't obviously I bought it on like cassette, so I don't still have my original copy, but I have it on CD still. Like No, I, I remember one of your meta- musical metamorphosis from your teenage years when you you gave me all your hair metal band uh t-shirts <laughs> yeah, did i really on to harder stuff wow. in the grunge scene <laughs> i'm sorry i shouldn't have given those to you that's horrible. i mean you did give me some cool stuff like there was a a pretty cool like iron maiden shirt mixed in there and 
Anthrax. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the artwork was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Maiden is. I love Maiden now, and uh, Anthrax will always be good. That was when you were moving into your grunge. It's weird how you kind of. Yeah, I was moving on to grunge and darker stuff. It's weird how you know you 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 start out in one area, and then you know your 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 tastes change over time, like you said. But it always feels like when you hit a certain age, like for me, it was probably around like, I don't know, 35, say, you start looking back on some of that stuff that you listened to when you were a kid and like picking the stuff from it that you still enjoy, like that you kind of enjoy again. So, I mean, I, I, you would never get me at a hair metal show, but if, if Dream Warriors comes on the radio, like I will, I will crank that shit and sing it like a fool at the top of my lungs, you know, any Iron Maiden song. How if the opening riff to Sweet Child of Mine comes out of the person's not tapping uh, their yeah. tail, you gotta... Yeah, <laughs> get away from that person. But it's funny that you say that because I remember like, you know, when you were probably, when you were like 17 or 18, like, you knew people that were listening to stuff like, you know, still listening to stuff like Guns N' Roses and ACDC and stuff, and you were like, what the fuck? Like, why is anybody still listening to that shit? And uh, it's weird, right? Like you now you say like, you know, that opening riff to Sweet Child of Mine. Like, yeah, it's, it's funny how it's funny how your tastes change. But then in some ways they, they absolutely hmm. don't. I hope I never get to the point where my taste stagnates. Like I can still I can listen to new songs on the radio. I can listen to the new indie stuff coming out and enjoy it. Yeah. I hope I don't. I think in our growing up, we saw a lot more 20 year olds and 30 year olds who were stagnated in there. But now with the internet and satellite radio, I think people are able to open up their eyes to a world full of music and don't need to stagnate on. Cause I mean, how can you get new music when all the radio stations around you are playing the same stuff? Well, yeah, most radio stations only play the same, say 10 yeah, songs. That, that person's going to go to the store and say, I like Guns N' Roses. I like ACDC. I'm going to buy their album, their greatest hits. They're not going to explore. Yeah. But today I could go, yeah, today I could go on Spotify, pick a genre of music from art house dissonance to J-pop and pick a song and listen to it and see if I like it. You know, that's something. Yeah. That... Yeah. I would say that like with the, with the, I mean, obviously when, when Napster mm. was a thing, I downloaded a lot of songs that I hadn't heard of, hadn't heard in a really long time because there was no, like I didn't have to go to the store and buy an album. I could just download the, the, the one song. I mean, and now I kind of feel like a dickhead because I stole money from, uh, you know, from that fucking, chicago song that i liked from you know 1980 well, whatever you still feel like a dickhead it takes 1500 listens to a song from a band for them to sell the same as one album on spotify <laughs> damn all right so i still feel like a dickhead but now i have to pay for a subscription to do it so i don't feel nearly as bad <laughs> but uh yeah like when spotify when spotify started and uh my wife got me to use it I, I, I definitely not right away, but I branched out just based on that. Like the stuff I listen to now is stuff that I would have never listened to when I was say like anywhere between like 15 and say 25, like there's that's good 10 year spread there where, 
if you told that version of me what I would be listening to now, like I, he would be disgusted with what he became. Right. So well, I remember someone it's salted me at work because I didn't recognize Dio's name when he died. They're like, oh, I bet if the yeah. guy from Iowa City's died, you'd be sad. I was kind of like, yeah, it kind of would be. <laughs> and you know what? I don't understand why people get so s- smug about that. Like, okay, so you messed up Ronnie James Dio's name. And maybe it's because you don't listen to a ton of his music. You know, like not everybody listens to everything you listen to, I guess. Like I always thought you had like, great taste in music like you turned me on to a ton of different bands and uh i don't know it always felt stupid to kind of judge somebody based on what they do or don't listen to like what do you fucking care like because it doesn't sound good to your ears it can't sound good to mine unfortunately i mean a lot of guys will tie music into their masculinity and oh god i don't know if that's the same for women like are women allowed to because i'm obviously not a woman that's a good question I'm going to ask my wife. If, like, <laughs> she was picked yeah. on for music taste in high school. Well, actually, no, that that is a good question because there was a video by Lindsay Ellis where she apologized for ranking on the author of Twilight. And in that, she brings up a good point that society has a thing for attacking the teenage girl. We made yeah. fun of boy bands. And why do we make fun of boy bands? You know, and when it breaks that simple down to it, it's because it's marketed to teenage girls. And for some reason, yeah, because it, because if you look at the crowd, it's screaming. It's screaming for some girls. reason society has chosen that that's the bad thing. You can't like a pumpkin spice latte because teenage girls like it. You know, it's it, yeah, it's so yep. tied to that masculinity, that misogyny part of our society that it runs deep man like it, it it's it's got its fingers in everything like you think you find something where like you know misogyny hasn't managed to, to take hold and then you're like oh wait there it is you know it's... let's get back to a happier topic here music <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll yeah, save yeah, that yeah. for another one where we can get <laughs> a female perspective on our show yeah because nothing nothing worse than having anti-misogyny preached to you by a couple of white men <laughs> right two two middle two not quite middle-aged white guys telling you about how <laughs> awful misogyny is hashtag progress <laughs> branching out of that question i asked before about your early memories hmm. what did you say your first album was that you bought living colors vivid oh yeah yeah living colors. mine personally was rem out of time and green i got them both together through columbia house ah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you could buy, uh, when you could buy twelve albums for, and then a penny. have your dad write them back, and then never pay He's them a again. Minor. You can't earn a contract, <laughs> suckers. And then you wait six <laughs> weeks and you do it again. <laughs> but yeah, REM was really my first band. They were the ones that I liked without my parents. Okay, it was kind of I found them on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, I found them through you, right? But that can't whatever. That's still right. the same thing. Like, and them as a band just i was it wasn't the hard rock that my classmates were listening to it wasn't rap that a lot of my classmates were listening to it was this folky right music that it was college rock it was alternative that's kind of the path it it drew out for me for life yeah well i mean you've that's always kind of been your 
that's always kind of been your niche. Like I, you know, you were, you and I were like hardcore REM fans, you know, way after most people stopped being hardcore REM mm-hmm. fans. Like, and you, like I said, you've always had more of a, more of a finger on the, on the pulse of like the indie type stuff. Like I would have never heard of, I would have never heard of Guster if it hadn't have been for you. I would have never, I would have never listened to churches if it wasn't for you. Like there's a ton of stuff that I listen to now that I owe to either you directly or I owe to you because you, you turned me on to something that turned me (laughs) on to something else that got me to that. Like most of the shit that I listen to now, like I kind of, you diverted me off that path. Like I found a lot of it, you know, organically on my own, just by my taste changing. But if you hadn't have gotten me into like, you know, Guster and bands like that, like I never would have listened to, you know, some of the more acoustic-y, folky type stuff that I listen to now. And in a roundabout way, you did it to yourself because you're the one who taught me to be eclectic in music tastes. I'd come over to your house, we'd listen to some, you know, like, what was that band, P.O.D. or C.O.D. with the... No, S.O.D. S.O.D., yeah. Yeah, Stormtroopers <laughs> of Death. Over the next week we listened to Johnny Cash and then go to bed, go to bed to Gregorian chant. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I listened to back then that I didn't admit to listening to when I was in school because... I grew up in, you know, kind of a country area. So most of my friends were, you know, I, I hung out with like the metal kids and, you know, like the kids that you would call like goth now, but that wasn't a, that wasn't a thing. So like I hung out with them. So listening to like, listening to Cypress Hill and public enemy, I would have been like, you know, you would have been ridiculed for it. They would have wondered what you were, what you were doing or listening to Johnny cash. Like people didn't have an appreciate, like people my age at that time didn't have the proper appreciation for Johnny cash. Like it's funny because I look at them, like any of them that I'm still friends with on social media. Now, like you see them talking about like, Oh, listening to this or went to this show or here's a picture of me at this concert. And I'm like, yeah, like this is the, yeah. Like now you're a big fan. Like, you would have you would have drummed me out of the core, so to speak, you know, back in the day. But but now you're a big fan, bunch of fucking bandwagoners. <laughs> yeah. But I, right. I get it. You know what? It's uh, it's easy to stick with. It's easy to stick with what you've grown up around and what you're comfortable Riddle with. Gatekeep right here. Like, so I, I, we accept everybody. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, listen to whatever you want to fucking listen to. Like, I. uh I still do, like you said, like I'll one day I'll be listening to Sepultura and the next day I'll be listening to Johnny Cash. And then the next day I'll be listening to like DMX or something or Wu-Tang Clan. You know, like it's like that's a that's a cool thing about music is that you can, you know, you can find you can find your kind of inspiration and relief anywhere if you're willing to open up your ears and and give it a chance. It kind of ties into this what your point you just made, but. For our listeners, Aaron is a dude who has a nice big beard, like a Viking beard. This guy's head shaved perfectly. If you the shirts he generally wears are generally like a social distortion, wrestling tee, all this stuff. So if you saw him walking down, if someone saw you walking down the street with your headphones on, and they took those headphones off to 
They would probably well, that, avoid me. But if they took those off and you handed <laughs> them through the listen to, what would they be surprised to yeah. know that you listened to? You're talking like, are you talking about like right now? If they took it, if they took well, my headphones, I, I mean, is there a secret shame that? in your eclectic taste? <laughs> no, not anymore. Um, I, I listen to a little bit of everything. Like I said, like I still listen to Gordon Lightfoot. Like I will still like rock out to Gordon Lightfoot, but I also listen to everything. Like I listen to Johnny Cash. I listen to a lot of like that. I don't want to say new country because I hate that shit kicker toes in the sand stuff. Um, but I mean, like that kind of stuff that's a little bit more Johnny Cash and it's slightly folky and it's got banjo and maybe, you know, maybe a violin or I think it's a, I think you have to call it a fiddle if it's in That a, surprises me that if you're, if you're kicking a yeah? country album that was produced and written in the last five years. Yeah. I mean, but I, I, I like I said, like I listen to the Avet brothers and they're kind of mm. country-ish a little bit, but. Well, hang on. You know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to pull my Spotify up right now, and I'm going to tell you like what the hell I've been listening to. I have a whole I have a whole playlist that is nothing but Spotify suggestions, mm. like shit that comes up once a week. So if you were to just scroll through that, you've got like oh god, let's see, you've got uh, that Suicide Is Painless song, the Mash theme. You know that really <laughs> that one that you showed me, and you were like, "This is the Mash theme song." I'm like, "Why is it so depressing?" Um, uh, there's Guns N' Roses on here. There's Priestess and Dio and Oasis and let's see. You can kind of if you scroll through my list, you can see how my fucking taste change as I go. Marky Ramone's Blitzkrieg. Like I like a lot of I like a lot of punk music. There's a uh, there's an album with the guy from Green Day, mm -hmm. Billy Joe and Nora huh. Jones, where they do, you know, those like old sound and country duet right. albums like Loretta Lynn and Kenny Rogers sing whatever. Um, it's kind of along that vein oh, and it's actually pretty damn good. Um, you should totally check it out. But then you got shit like here's Rhinestone Cowboy. There you go. <laughs> Let's see, Portugal the Man, yeah, like Cat Stevens and Public Enemy, and it's just a ton of shit. What's the worst album you've ever spent money on? Oh God, very worst album I ever spent money on. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly don't know. I mean, like I've definitely bought bad albums before, but a lot, for a while there, when I would buy something I didn't like, or if I had something in my collection that I didn't necessarily love. I would take it to the record store and I would trade it in and I would use that money to buy like old mm. vinyl. Like I have a huge vinyl collection. So I don't, I don't even honestly know what I would say the worst out. No, wait, hang on. No, I know exactly <laughs> what the worst album I ever bought was. It's Metallica's St. Mm. Anger. I hate that album so hard. Like, like I saw a picture of it the other day. Somebody posted something about the band on Facebook and, there was a picture of the cover and I got that like, <laughs> kind of feeling, you know, like it's just, it's just not good. It's so not good that I I've seen them. I've probably seen them like four or five times in concert. And like, if you cut off the early ones, I've still seen them probably three or four and they don't play that album. Like they don't play anything on that album. Occasionally one time, I think maybe they played mm -hmm. a song, but that was it. I've never heard another one off of that album because it's, it's just that, bad what about you like what was your what was your why the hell did i spend money it's on this not the artist's fault because the artist is 
a superb artist and a genre defining. It was all on me, and you even warned me. But mm-hmm. I bought the Beastie Boys root, root Down thinking it was a full album. And it was just oh. Root Down four or five times. <laughs> yep, it was like a remix yeah, album. Yeah, but I didn't understand the concept at the time. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't a big thing at the yeah. time either. Have you grown to appreciate any band's music types, genres since you've grown older? Definitely that kind of like folky country sound and mm. stuff. Like that is not something I ever pictured myself listening to. And I mean, that's kind of predominantly what I listen to now. I don't own a lot of albums. Like I, I have a good chunk of Avet Brother albums, but I don't I don't own a ton of albums, mainly because now with Spotify, like I don't really need to like I feel bad because I still like to buy albums and I still like to support the artists at, you know, that make them. But uh, I don't know, like it's harder to, it's really hard to buy CDs now. Mm. Like you go to, like you go to Best Buy and there's like four albums. Like that's all they have. Like it's like three copies of Adele and then like (laughs) some kind of weird big band album. And that's all they have. God, big band music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your favorite, the Brian Setzer Orchestra and uh, Squirrel Nut Zippers. (laughs) You know, my wife loves those. She was she was a big uh, she was a big 90s big band fan. Still is, which I kind of find endearing. I'm going to cheat and say pop because pop was the band of existence of an angsty teenager. And, you know, that no no greater insult than you like such a so and so pop star. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've learned... You know what? I can see that, though. Like, pop music is like a blanket term for Mm -hmm. a lot of shit that you generally don't want to hear. So I could totally understand how, like, you saying that you've grown to appreciate it more over time is a big step. And I'm kind of cheating because I appreciate and understand the auto-tuned three-chord wonders of today, but I'm talking about I like the subgenres of dream pop and retro pop, so... Even within pop, I have to be the hipster and say, and look down at you from my, my high spot and look down my yeah, nose from your high spot and say, well, it's still an alternative pop. With your French press and lo-fi. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is the first episode where we haven't said fuck, shit, fuck. Fuck. Damn it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Do you have any parting words for us, Aaron? Be open to everything like if it sounds good fucking listen to it and if you think it's really good see i just said fuck there you go (laughs) and if you really like it share it with your friends because that's the whole point of music is to share it with people Mm -hmm. so uh you know a song that a song that you you just like the sound of might become something different to somebody else and they might find an emotional attachment to it and it might help them out when they need a little bit of uh of an uplift so don't be afraid to listen to what you like fuck what anybody says sweet Okay, so thank you everyone for listening. As always, have a wonderful night. Next week's episode is going to be on careers and jobs. Oh, all right. At least I got a week to prepare. All right. (laughs) Good night. Later, y'all.